0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Dental Download Podcast. My name is Haley. If this is your first time tuning in and if you are returning, welcome back. Today, we're going to be talking about applying to dental school, all the ins and outs, getting up to the point of applying, and then what it looks like to fill out the application, and what is going to come after you press submit. So I'm going to keep the intro super short and sweet this week because it is a rather long episode. I did have to record it twice because the first time the audio was all messed up, but what has been motivating me this week is feeling a little bit more inspired to chill out, honestly. Um, If you couldn't tell, I'm pretty planning Focused person. I like to just have everything worked out a certain way and then follow along to that schedule. But being home at my parents' house has inspired me to take more of a chilled out attitude, especially for these few weeks of rest in the summer here, to just take things as they come take each day as it comes and just try to relax a little bit. So that's been what's motivating me and that also kind of sums up what's going on in my life. I'm just in my first couple weeks of this six-week break. I'm pretty excited because Michigan is going to be doing weekly Zooms with our class to kind of keep everyone together and excited about the new semester and also to answer any of our questions. So I'm looking forward to that. The first one will be the Monday that you guys are listening to this. So maybe the next week or two, you guys will get some updates from me about how that goes, but I'm going to get right into the episode. That way you guys can get all the tips and a lot of the questions from the episode are based on stuff that you guys submitted on Instagram. So make sure you are following along on there. All right, this is take two of applying to dental school. The audio on my last one, I did all 30 minutes and it got so messed up so you guys are getting take two of this but um i wanted to thank you guys so much for submitting questions on the dental download podcast instagram that's just what the at is it's at dental download podcast we have 300 followers on there already which is awesome so make sure if you are listening you join the fam on there but i am going to answer these questions throughout the episode ...as they fit into whatever we're talking about. So I want to quickly list off the topics that we're going to discuss just so you know what's coming... ...and you can maybe skip ahead to what's applicable to you. So we're going to talk about getting organized before you apply. So that's having your DAT done, shadowing, logging hours, preparing your descriptions of experiences, volunteering... ...all that kind of stuff, and then your letters of recommendation, your personal statement, figuring out where to apply and then filling out the actual IDEA access application, and then your secondary applications and the fees associated with that, and then the total cost of all of this application process, and then finally, we're going to briefly touch on what to expect with interviews. So phew, that is a lot of stuff, right? So this might be a little bit of a longer episode. It should be still under the 40-minute mark for sure, But this is definitely the longest my notes have ever been, but that's okay. I'm really excited to share everything with you, and a lot of these topics could be their own episodes. I could go much more in depth to them than I will be doing today, but if there is a specific topic that we talk about that you want to be its own episode, just shoot me a DM on Instagram, comment on a picture, somehow reach out to me and let me know. That way I can make that episode, but I just wanted to give you guys kind of an overview of the whole process of applying to dental school in this episode before the application opens on May 12th. So, let's get right into it since we have a lot to cover. So, starting with being organized before you apply to dental school, you're going to have taken your DAT. I'm doing a DAT episode in a few weeks that'll go out in June for you guys, so just sit tight about that. And then you also need your shadowing hours complete to be able to apply. You need to have met their school's requirement. Some schools require like 50 and some have up to 100. I think there's one that has 150, but I would say 100 is a good goal goal to shoot for. You can check. Obviously, you have to make sure you are within the range of whatever that school is looking for. I think once you hit about 150 or 200 hours, you could totally just stop shadowing. I think once you're past the requirement by a little bit, I don't think it makes you all that much more competitive unless you're being an assistant where you're going to a bunch of different offices and seeing a bunch of different things. But if you're doing a hundred hours at one practice as a shadow, a hundred more hours will just be unbearable for you. Like shadowing is not the same thing as doing dentistry. And I think it would get really boring. So I think your those extra hundred hours could be better spent volunteering or studying or working so I would just keep that in mind when it comes to shadowing itself but you should be logging all of these hours so your shadowing hours you need to be writing down who you shadowed with so the name of the dentist the address the phone number and email address and then you also need to know your start date and your end date Um, it'd be good to log each day you went like the date but for the application you're going to be putting in your hours And start date and end date so if you shadowed like me like summer 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 it's the first time you went that first summer and then the day the last time you did it at the end summer and then when it comes to weeks you can put how many weeks you actually were shadowing not all the weeks in a calendar year for three for three years you know you're just gonna put if you were there for four weeks four weeks four weeks so 12 weeks total and then you put how many hours per week you were there And then the hours per week don't particularly matter, and honestly, the weeks don't matter a ton. What matters the most is that whatever that sum is at the bottom of your total hours there, that that number is accurate, because if they write your letter of recommendation, they need to include how many hours you shadowed, or if the dental school calls to check, it needs to be an accurate number. So the main thing that matters is that sum at the bottom of the application, but you need to be logging all of this so that when you go to fill out your application later, it'll be really simple, and another thing you can do to help yourself later on is writing the descriptions for your shadowing for your extracurriculars and for your volunteering for all your clubs and work and volunteering you need all that same information a contact person phone number address name email all that kind of stuff and then also the description so there's a certain number of characters and you can look that up online if you want to know how many it can be But you want to make sure to write those ahead of time. Basically, just talk about what you did there. Kind of like the description bullet points on a resume, if you will. So you want it to be kind of action-focused and just tell them what you did. You don't need to use up all the characters, but more than one sentence, I think, is a good goal for that. Um, I did get a question about where to volunteer, so I would just say anywhere that you're passionate about, it doesn't need to be dental related. If you want some ideas of what I did, you can listen to any of those first four episodes that I made about like what I did during undergrad. And then I'm also going to post a screenshot of... My Excel sheets, I have two. So, one was when I was logging my hours for all my volunteering and shadowing, and you can see like how I did that and then where I wrote the descriptions and stuff. And then there's also an Excel sheet when I was actually applying with all the schools and then their different requirements. And then I had a little system of how I logged that I submitted it, that I paid the secondary fee, that I sent in whatever I needed to. And I'm going to put those on my Instagram story highlights so you guys can reference them. Um, after this episode or during this episode, whatever you feel like doing. Um, That's pretty much everything about being organized before you apply. So there's a couple other things you need to secure before the application opens, and that would be letters of recommendation. So there's four possible slots on the application that you can be putting letters into. So these letters are going to be Blind on your end, you're not going to know what these people are writing, and you're going to have to waive the right to read them. That's just the cordial, the appropriate thing that people do with dental applications. Couldn't tell you why, but that's what you do. So, the way that works is there's a spot on the application where you write in the letter writer's name and then an email address. So, if they're uploading it directly to the application, you simply put in their email address, and then they will get a link and they will upload it, and then within a few days, it'll be on the application, and then you're good to go. But there is another option to use this website called Innerfolio. That's what I used. I think it's about $50. And the benefit of that is you can tell your letter writers that the deadline is, like, May 1st instead of June 1st. That way, you can have all these letters, or even April 1st if you want. You can have all these letters secured in your hand virtually unread through interfolio and then once the application opens May 12th you can go in and upload them yourself without ever seeing them without breaching that confidentiality but then they're there right away because a lot of people have their whole application ready but they can't press send to the dental schools because there's one professor that still hasn't uploaded that letter of rec and that can delay your application as you guys know you want to apply as early as possible so that's a benefit of using interfolio Each cycle, though, make sure you're calling and checking that Dia ADSAS is still accepting Interfolio because my cycle, which was last cycle, it was debatable. I know someone has already checked for this cycle and they said, yes, it's good to go. So just make sure if you're a future cycle, you call and check first before you pay that money or confuse your professors. So for who I asked, I had my biology professor, so she taught me bio 1 and 2, and then we also did a project for my minor. So she knew me pretty well because it was lecture and lab, so she saw me in lecture, studying, learning, going from being pretty confused in the class to getting an A, working really hard, and then also in the lab, my like teamwork skills. So I definitely think she wrote a very strong letter. Then I asked my anatomy professor, who I really didn't know at all, but she taught me lecture and lab. It was a giant lecture, probably like two or three hundred people. But through the lab, I got to know her a little bit better. And then she also had me come in monthly for a meeting to get to know me. And then she was really great. Um, most of the professors will probably have you meet with them once or twice, and probably ask you, "What do you want me to highlight in these letters?" And if you get asked by multiple multiple professors, I would just be prepared to tell them different things. That way the admissions committee is getting a holistic look at you, if you will. So you could tell, I told my biology professor, oh, if you can highlight like my teamwork skills and just my like personality and character that would stretch well into dental school and into dentistry because she'd seen that firsthand. Then as for my anatomy professor who didn't know me as well. I was like, just highlight my commitment to the community, maybe like my volunteering that we've talked about in these meetings and everything. So it really just like depends. And then my third professor was my HPS professor. He never met with me at all. Clearly he was very confident in what he was going to write, didn't have any questions. Um, So he, I know would, write an excellent quality letter because he's a writer. He's a lawyer and English professor, so I knew it would be good, like, quality, and it was a really small class. I had two classes with him with, like, 30 students, completely discussion, debate, based so he knew my values and my character and my work ethic very well from like all the essays and the discussions in class so i'm pretty confident his letter was strong as well and then finally i had my dentist letter so i had my general dentist that i shadowed most of my hours with um, she was 60 of my like 150 ish hours um, the reason i chose her was because those were majority of my hours Secondly, she did graduate from University of Michigan, which was my first choice dental school, so if you have the choice between a few different dentists to shadow or a few different people to write your letter, if one of them graduated from the school you want to go to, I think that more than dental schools will admit, they probably all seem to really value their alumni a lot, and that connection and education and their opinion means more to them than a different dentist might Obviously, it's not a huge thing, but that was just a little, like, added bonus to having her write my letter of recommendation, and she didn't even know me that well. She knew a lot about my work ethic and about my passion for the profession because we talked about, like, what clubs I was involved in and all the other dental experiences I've had, and she seemed pretty impressed compared to other shadows, I guess, that she'd had in her office, but she didn't really know me on, like, a personal level, which I don't think is necessary because they're recommending you for, like, a professional school, not as, like a friend or something, you know what I mean? And you do want to make sure that you're checking each school before you even decide that you're going to apply there about the requirements for letters of recommendation because every school is slightly different. I think the general consensus among dental schools is one dentist and two science professors, but some will say I prefer that it was a core science, so a physics, chemistry, orgo, biology. Some will say I don't care. Some will say I prefer that it was a smaller class, so maybe that is an upper-level class. It really depends. But And then some schools, I know there's one dental school in particular that requires a letter from a spiritual advisor. There's some that require an employer. There's some that require two dentists instead of one dentist. Um, there's some that don't require a dentist. So just check and make sure that your four slots, because you're only getting four slots, are going to work for all the schools that you're applying to. Um, It's not as complicated as it sounds, but it's something to consider because the application will let you apply to whatever school you say you want to apply to, but you would be wasting your money and ineligible to even have your application considered if you don't have the letters that they require. Same thing for shadowing hours that they require. It'll send it to them, but they won't look at it. They'll just take your money and reject you or whatever right away. So make sure that you're being smart before you're applying to schools. If you are concerned about that and there's like, you want to apply to that one school that needs a spiritual advisor, but you already have all four filled, I have heard that you can contact the specific schools and ask to mail them or send them the letters separately from the application. But I also have heard schools don't really like that. Again, that didn't apply to me, so I don't have too much to say about it. But that's something to look into if it's necessary for your situation. And then finally, I've gotten some questions about committee letters. Again, MSU, where I graduated from, does not do committee letters because we're a huge school. There's like 10,000 pre-health students So they can't be writing a letter to endorse 10,000 different students. That's No one has time to do that. So if you go to a smaller school, sometimes they do committee letters. And what this means is there's a pre-health advisory faculty committee that will write a letter jointly endorsing you as a good candidate for dental school. And I don't think that this is any better or any worse than having separate letters from separate faculty at your dental school. But what I've heard is that if your school offers a committee letter... You're supposed to obtain that committee letter so if the dental schools know which universities do and don't offer this so if your school has one you need to go through whatever process you need to do to request that whether it's meeting with different advisors or faculty getting them to sign off on that and getting that committee letter and the committee letter counts for three out of your four letter slots so your fourth one i assume would be a dentist so i hope that answers any questions about committee letters i know they can be a little confusing but if your school doesn't have one then you're good. Just follow what I said before. And if they do, then make sure you get one. And now we're going to get into the personal statement. Again, like I said before, this could really be its whole own episode. And because of that, I already have a YouTube video about this that I made after I wrote my personal statement last year. So I will put that in the show notes along along with the pre-dental DAT application playlist. So probably like 15, 20 videos that I've made on YouTube about all this kind of stuff that you can watch if you'd like. But so the personal statement is 4,500 characters answering why do you want to pursue a career in dentistry? So a character is a letter, a space, a comma, a period, a tab, an enter. Those all count as characters and you can see the character count looking in the bottom left of your Word um, document, I guess, whatever file you're working in on Word. But Um, I'm not going to give you guys too many tips about it. You can just watch that video. I give like eight or nine tips about how to brainstorm and write it. But basically, you want to take some kind of a unique but honest and not overly thematic angle to this. You want to answer the question and you want to show, not tell is my main tip. You want to draw on different stories, experiences, things in your life that would exemplify that you have these specific traits that would make, in your opinion, a great dentist and the kind of dentist that you want to be, a great dental student, a great classmate. Um, You don't just want to say that I am compassionate. Give an example of a volunteering experience that you had that required you to be compassionate or that required you to be a good teacher or a good mentor or a good mentee even. So like you don't just want to describe yourself, you want to use examples to describe yourself. So that's as much as I'm going to get into the personal statement. If you want its own episode, just let me know. And then now we're going to talk about where to apply. How do you narrow down this list? I believe there's like 45 or 47 dental schools in the country. How do you pick which ones to apply to and how many should you even apply to? So I would say that a fair number is so subjective. It's really based on how much money you have to fill out these applications. It's $250 to send to one school. And then any additional school is $105. So it's pretty expensive. I applied to 12 schools, and when I total it all up at the end for you, your jaw might drop, and it's unfortunate, I know. But so main thing that's gonna limit you is cost, but um In addition, there's a lot of things to consider because you don't want to apply to a school that you wouldn't actually go to, right? And you don't want to apply somewhere that you're not going to be happy to attend. Obviously, you're going to like some schools more than others because how would you decide in the end? But you don't want to apply anywhere that you would be unhappy at because you're not going to be a successful student. You're going to dislike your life. It's just not going to be a good look. But um, how many schools, if you want a number, I would say anywhere from four to ten, The reason to do more than 10, I would say, don't be like me and just be scared, because that's why I did more than 10. um, Is if you have super extenuating circumstances and you maybe don't think your application is very competitive, like if you're below the stats for a lot of the schools, then maybe you do need to apply to extra. And the reason to maybe do less than four is if finances are limited you are super, super confident that you're going to get it into one of these schools. Maybe you have a crazy good research experience there and like you're pretty sure of it, then okay, do a few schools only. Or if you're in the circumstance where you can't leave where you're living, you have to go to this one specific dental school or nothing, then that's what you got to do. So it really is situationally dependent. And like I said, I did 12 schools. So I'm quickly going to read off this list of factors that you can consider for which schools you want to put on your list. Um, They're all going to kind of vary in importance to each person differently, so just keep that in mind, I guess. But one thing is your stats, obviously. So your GPA and your DAT, you want to be applying to schools that are mostly in your range of stats or that you're a little bit below, meaning that... um, Oh, sorry. Not that you are below, but that... Your stats are above theirs. Their averages are maybe a little bit below your DAT or a little bit below your GPA. Obviously, same as applying to like undergrad, you can do a couple of reach schools, but um, they're called a reach for a reason. Like they might not work out. And then you also really want to look at if you have taken their prerequisites, because again, another reason they won't look at your application is if on the application, if you're not listing all of their prerequisites at least as in your planned courses. Like if you need to take sociology to attend this school and you've never taken it and it's not in your academic plan at all, then that's an issue for them. So you want to make sure that you've either taken them or that they're in your planned courses when you're finishing up your degree. And then the next thing you can consider is clinical experience. You can also consider tuition. This is a lot of people's number one factor. So that would be in-state tuition versus out-of-state tuition versus a private school. And then also some schools do in-state tuition after the third year if you switch your residency to be their state. And then also scholarships because some schools give more scholarships than others or you might be better eligible for a scholarship at a particular school than others. And then also location. So your family, are you able to leave them? Is there a reason you need to be close to home? Do you just really want to stay close to home? Distance from home, maybe you want to get far away from home. It's really different for everyone. The weather where you're going, if that affects your mood a lot, if you want to try something new, if you like what you have, same thing applies for city versus suburb versus a rural location. And then also cost of living is huge. How much is your rent going to be? How much extra loans are you going to be taking out on top of tuition to live in this new place? And maybe if it's close enough to home, you don't have to get an apartment. Maybe you can commute from wherever you're living now. So those are all things to consider. And then there's just a few quick more. So the curriculum. Um, most dental schools' curriculum is pretty similar because they're all training dentists to pass a board exam. But there is a newer NBDE exam, which is the board's exam that you need to take to get licensed as a dentist. Um, it used to be two parts. Now it's one part. And it's a bit more... Integrated and holistic of an exam. So it's mixing your book work with patient based situations as opposed to being two separate things like it was in the past. So dental schools should be changing their curriculum to be more integrated and combining all the sciences together and putting more case based learning together. So that's something you can either ask the dental school faculty about at open houses or at the Adia Go Dental Fair, which is virtual coming up soon here in May. Definitely make sure you attend that. Yeah, I just think that's super important and that's something that was really high on my list because I'm going to dental school to hopefully become a dentist and I want to make sure I'm learning as much as possible and the best, most effective way possible, you know? And then another thing to consider is community outreach and externships. So uh, the involvement in community, the volunteering opportunities, and like Detroit Mercy has this really cool like roving dental clinic that like is on wheels. Like that's awesome. Most dental schools that I um interviewed at to do externships where you get to work in your fourth year in real clinics like no one watching you you get to do the dental work i mean there's someone overseeing you but you don't have to get checked every couple steps like you do when you're at the clinic at the dental school but basically you're a few weeks out there on your own serving a community that really needs it so how many weeks is that if that's something you really want to do maybe pick a school that has a 10 week one instead of a 6 week one and then something that was really important to me was the student life, the vibe there, student happiness, and interview day will be super telling for this, um... But aside from that, beforehand, since you haven't interviewed yet, you're just making your list, you can reach out to students that go there if you know some from your pre-dental club or if you can ask your pre-dental club if they know anyone. And then you can also just literally go on Instagram and try to find someone and DM them because there's so many like Instagram bloggers these days. I think I've seen one at nearly every dental school and you can get their opinion. They can give you their friends' opinions. I think that's the best way to go. And then a few quick other things that some people care about. Class size, research, technology, specialty match reaches, and ooh, specialty match rates, and then residency programs. So that's pretty much everything I have about picking your list. Hopefully that helps you guys figure it out a little bit. And we're close to wrapping up here. We're about a three-fourths of the way through, I would say. So now we're going to talk about filling out the IDEA ADSESS application. So I got a question about scholarships. So there is a fee waiver because that waiving, that $250 fee that I talked about before, you can apply for that. I know they are pretty slim pickings and they're super competitive for people that are really, really financially in need of them and you have to apply pretty early. So just look into that if it's something you need. And then there's also obviously outside scholarships, so from your local dental association, your state's dental association, your college, your church, your city that you live in, all those kinds of things, anywhere you would apply for any scholarship money you could put towards this probably. And then just keep in mind on the application, there's going to be a COVID-19 question asking about how it has affected you and your application. So just kind of prepare an answer for that ahead of time. Be brainstorming what you might want to put in there. I don't know how many characters it's going to be, but if it has affected your grades, your financial situation, your ability to shadow or volunteer, like just be keeping that in the back of your mind. And then there are so many videos on YouTube going through and walking you through exactly what the application looks like which is why I'm not going to go over it a lot in this podcast because I don't really think this format is very helpful for that but I am going to highlight a couple questions that you might not be expecting you can try to prepare answers to ahead of time again name of the game here is do as much work beforehand as you can so you're just kind of copy and pasting But so there's a question about manual dexterity. And for all these little fill-in-the-box questions, I would write in full sentences. I think that represents yourself the best rather than just doing like bullet points. But I touched on drawing and painting. I touched on nail art and playing volleyball. But for example, I'll just read the description for one of them. I'm also skilled with nail art. Using tiny toothpicks or dotting tools, I create designs and patterns in nail polish on an unsteady hand. So that's how I describe that one of the three little manual dexterity things. And then there's also a category that is called environmental factors with a bunch of questions. And so one of them asks for a description of your childhood residency. So you're supposed to pick whatever city place that you lived in for most of your time growing up. Like I moved between three cities, but they were all in Metro Detroit. And because my upbringing was very traditional. I just literally described the actual city itself and like the people and the whatever you want to call it there. But I think if you had a particularly challenging upbringing, you could talk about that here, whether that be social, economic, or otherwise. And then leading into that, there's an option to mark yourself as a disadvantaged applicant. So you can say, it just asks, would you like to be considered a disadvantaged applicant? Yes or no? And if you say yes, there's a box again to write a little um, short set of words about why you are considered a disadvantaged applicant. So since this didn't apply to me, if you think you're either economically disadvantaged or if you are a minority, I think that these would apply to you. Um, I'm sure there's other situations why it would as well. Maybe if have had health issues or maybe, I don't know. Again, it didn't really apply to me. I was about as traditional and socioeconomically simple as it gets. But um, my advice for this, if you're on the fence about this or not sure what to say, would be to contact the Office of Diversity and Inclusion at your local dental school or at your top choice school to get their opinion on whether or not you qualify, I guess, and what you could write about. And then other than that first section, there are three other sections outside of the personal information. There's the academic history, and then there's also one where you enter all the schools you want to apply to, and then there's also like supporting information. So where you're entering all the schools that you're applying to, that one is going to have program materials, and that you really need to read pretty thoroughly, which I'm going to talk about in a minute when we get into secondary apps and fees. But wrapping up really quickly about filling out the actual application, some things that I just think are a little bit more unique to highlight. Just expect that you're going to be spending a few days filling this out because the application is just the way it's formatted. You have to type in your entire transcript yourself. You have to put the course code, the full name of the course, how many credits it was and how many, what grade you received in the course. And then you have to match that every single school, So all 12 for me with each prerequisite. Like I wrote out the whole name for the biology class and then I had to match it as bio one for all 12 schools. It didn't just remember that it was bio one. So it just is pretty tedious. And there's an option to pay the application service to tr- like translate your transcript over, but that's super time consuming. Like It takes extra time than if you did it yourself and they still make mistakes. So I would really just recommend doing it yourself. Um, as soon as the application opens, make sure you send your transcript like the day it opens, so May 12th, request your transcript. And there's a transcript form that's on the application, which is why you need to wait till it opens. So up on the transcript section, there's a little form. That you download a PDF, and then when you request your transcripts through your school's Office of Registrar, you tell them to attach that transcript form with it in the file that they're going to send to Adia Adcess. And then once Adia Adcess gets your uh, transcript, it will show up on the application that they received it, and then that also will change color, I think, that they like like it checks off with the classes you entered once you do get around to entering all your classes. So I hope that's not too confusing, but I know like the transcripts is something that's kind of stressful for people and also, again, a little bit confusing. So make sure you're trying to submit these applications early. Um, I know early is pretty relative, but I would say by the end of June is... I think early, but maybe mid-July could still be considered early. The reason for this is because applications are rolling. So interview decisions are rolling, which means as soon as someone pressed submit, the dental schools are able to start looking at that. And maybe they're not gonna send interview offers until August, but they might've already put into piles who's getting what interview, you know? So you wanna be in there quick too before they're making decisions. Um, The application closed on um February 7th, 2020 this year if you were curious, but each school has its own deadline for when you have to submit it. Again, I wouldn't be getting anywhere close to these deadlines if you can avoid it. I would try to submit as early as possible, but the deadlines will be listed in the program details under each school that you select. So, quickly we're going to talk about secondary apps and fees and then the total cost of attending Um, not attending, of applying and then what to expect with interviews. So we're getting towards the end here. Hopefully you guys are sticking around and this is helpful. But so the secondary apps, they're either going to email you everything or it might be in that program's materials that I talked about as being so important. It just looks like a blurb about the dental school, but secretly they're sneaky with some information in there that you really need to know. So make sure you read the whole thing because... It will surprise you with the fact that there's important things in there like sometimes there's a link to pay the secondary fee that they're not going to email you that link you just had to read it so just make sure you guys read it but the way it works is for each school there may or may not be some questions on the application and then there may or may not be some secondary questions that you fill out after the application and send to the dental school but there will, for sure, be an extra fee. Love that, right? So the fee is anywhere from $50 to $150. And I would say, on average, you could expect around $75 if you're budgeting and don't know what schools you're going to yet, but you know you're going to do five schools or something. Um, maybe budget for about $75 each. But um, we'll get into how much I paid in a minute. It was monstrous amount of money. But... Um, there's basically, like I said, school specific questions and they can be anywhere of like as simple as do you know anyone that you have any, like family that went here? Why do you want to go here? Have you been to a school before? And then some schools, like I said, won't have any on the application. And then the secondary application, again, why do you want to go here? Why do you want to move to the city? Um, it could be something a little more in-depth, but sometimes again there's short little like yes or no check boxes, and then some of the questions are more like another 2500 character essay so just make sure you're spending your time on these i know at this point you're just like so over it and you just want to be done and be applied and put this on the back burner and like enjoy your summer which i get but make sure you're really putting a good amount of energy and effort into this because these are the questions that they specifically wrote on their own that they want everyone to answer obviously that means that they're so important to them right Oh, one other thing about secondaries. Um, A couple schools are doing like virtual ones. I know Detroit Mercy did virtual. Don't be scared. It's not too bad. And then I know there's also this Casper, which is like a personality exam that certain schools have you do as well. Also, don't be intimidated. It will be fine. Basically, just make a list of what every school is asking you to do extra outside of the application and then Make sure you're doing them in time and in a quick fashion and well because it'll all be worth it and they look really heavily at secondaries because that's the extra information that they require to make their decisions. Obviously, it's very important to them and I would say a timely fashion and a good goal. So if they send it to you on like a Monday, try to get it back to them by the next Monday. I would give it about a week as like your goal to get these things done because you want to show them that you really care and you're really interested in this program so total cost of all of this stuff. So when I took the DAT, it was around $350, I know that's gone up. And DAT Bootcamp was around $150, I know that's gone up as well. And then I spent $90 on used DAT destroyer books and about 60 ish on extra section questions for DAT Q Vault. And then for sending the applications itself, like just through Access, I spent And then the secondaries cost me another $900. And this is without even counting interview travel. I spent a total of $3,000 on this process then. Interview travel can be anywhere to like couple hundred to a couple more thousand dollars, depending on if you're applying around the country or just locally, and if you need hotels, if you're flying versus driving, and also how many interviews you get. So just plan accordingly. This is an investment in your future, and it will all be worth it. Um, if you can't afford to apply to as many as you think you should be, maybe just push off another cycle of work and make sure you can afford to give yourself the best chance because it's more expensive having to reapply in my opinion. So I would just try to make sure that you're putting your best foot forward and giving yourself the best chance as possible to be accepted. And then super quickly, what to expect with interviews. I'm making a whole episode about interviews that I'll be posting In about July, I believe, a little bit closer to when you might be getting interview offers and everything. It's not as applicable right now, and I don't even want you guys to be stressing about it or preparing for it yet. Like, just enjoy your summer. Um, That's really all I want you to be doing when it comes to interviews, is not thinking about them yet, because you definitely don't need to. Um, I didn't get my first interview offer until, I believe, July, so just like July or August, so don't think about it yet. Um, and then just my final closing thoughts as always three quick closing thoughts. So first is that, um, the dental schools want to help you. Yes, they're really busy, but if you have questions or you haven't gotten a confirmation email, but like your friends that applied to the same school around the same time did follow up with them. If you have to follow up a couple times, it is okay being communication with them. If there's issues like it might seem intimidating but they're excited about the application cycle just like you. So make sure to reach out to them if you need to, don't be intimidated. And then don't apply anywhere that you wouldn't really want to go. I know that seems obvious, but I definitely applied to a few schools that I honestly would not have been thrilled to be attending. They just weren't the right fit for me, but I got scared. I thought that I wouldn't get into my top choices and I just should throw these extra ones in there. And these schools probably could tell that because they didn't even offer me an interview even though like my stats were above what they accept. Like there's more to it than that and they could probably tell from my application, you know? So you don't want to apply anywhere that you wouldn't genuinely go in a school that if they called you on acceptance day and you wouldn't actually be that excited, like, that's an issue, you know? So you really only want to put your money towards schools that you're excited about that would be a good fit for you, and that's why you really need to think hard about which ones you're putting on your list and that they're actually going to be a good fit. And then finally, the most important thing that I want to leave you with on this episode... This is supposed to be the fun part, the easier part than all those grueling classes you had to take, right? Or the DAT that you had to get over that huge hurdle. Like this should be a little bit easier, a little bit more fun. A moment where you get to feel really proud. You're putting all these experiences into your application and like you're seeing all your work come together in one place. Like you should be proud that you're even eligible to apply. You have the statistics that are at that level. You've met all the requirements. You feel competitive you can do this like you should feel proud of yourself and getting off my soapbox i just want to thank you guys for sticking out this episode with me let me know how you guys liked it i know it was a little longer than like usual but i didn't want to leave anything out that's really important um as always thank you guys so so much for listening i appreciate you so much and i will talk to you next monday